0: Dylan, I have a question. You know Shoot. you know, the world is pretty crazy right now. We obviously have the pandemic. We have all the racial injustice. We have a huge explosion that just went off in Lebanon, killing hundreds if not thousands of people. We have, yeah, just child trafficking. Um, yeah, a bunch of pain, a bunch of suffering, a bunch of evil acts in the world. And my question is, If God is really good, a really loving God, how could he allow all this evil and suffering and sin to occur in the world? Yeah, I think those are some
1: really good questions, some good things that you pose. And we're going to answer that um, in just a second. Uh, We'd like to welcome you to the Empty Thinking podcast, uh, the podcast where we answer questions and try to give thought to difficult uh, topics, both in life and church um and i'm one of your hosts dylan paneline and i'm here with joe Stolmeyer. and we um are going to answer this question today uh one of the tough questions one of the prime uh uh, really in evangelizing is a question that comes up often Mm -hmm. uh and it's really if you can if you can understand uh what the scriptures say about it, it it's a good apologetic and it's a good um way to share the gospel uh to even bridge gospel conversations uh, because i think everyone will be if you ask them like do you think the world has problems or do you think the world's broken or there's sin or things like that people would most likely say that there's some like something's wrong oh you'd have to be crazy not to
0: be able to see anything wrong with the world
1: yeah and so it's a really good opportunity to show the gospel and to show why um like who god is and his goodness even with evil and sin being in the world Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: well i think the best way to the best place to start is is from the beginning Mm -hmm. it's from genesis 1 we see that like god created everything good everything's good man is the crown of that creation he's very good god says and we get to genesis 3 so it takes two chapters for man to screw up. <laughs> it takes two chapters in the Bible for, for man to screw up. How much time that actually is uh, between chapter 1 and chapter 3, don't know. But it takes two chapters in Moses' writing to say, yep, we went from really good to, to, really, bad. <laughs> yeah, to, <laughs> to really bad. And we get into Genesis 3, and we get the problem of evil. Sin begins uh, when Ad, or e, Adam and Eve fall to the to the serpent. They choose evil. Uh, and their own pride and selfishness over obedience to God. Uh, right after this, in uh, Genesis 4, Cain kills Abel, and you see that the first murder of the Bible occurs, uh, physical murder. Uh, you can argue for spiritual murder easily mm-hmm. in Genesis 3. Uh, and you get physical murder. Genesis 6, uh, evil is continuing, uh, filling the world rather than God's glory and dominion, filling the world like Adam was commanded to. It's sin and evil. Uh, Tower of Babel, man is continually, is trying to gain their own way up to God uh, in Genesis 11. Judges, everyone's man's doing what's right in his own eyes. Uh, you can read Romans 3, which breaks down completely like the human condition, how wicked, how sinful we are. Uh, and so that's just a quick overview of just sin and evil of, of yeah. the Bible.
0: I think it's really interesting to see that, it, yes, it starts with like Adam and Eve eating an apple, which to like the naked eye seems really like not that bad. Like, (laughs) oh, they just ate an apple. Like what's wrong with that? But it's still sin. And like you see the consequences and the effects and the horribleness of sin just a couple chapters later, like starts with an apple and then boom, murder. Boom. The whole world is filled with evil so much that God like desires to wipe Wipe it it out in a flood. So much that like, boom, all these people are coming together to trying to be their own God, getting access to God on their own terms. Um, And so you just see the awfulness of sin just played out in these first couple chapters, which it's kind of hard to tell just by looking at um, just one simple disobedient act in the garden. But it's really a lot more than that. And so that's why evil and suffering like are here in the first place. Like a lot of times we see. Evil and suffering in the world, and we're like, God, why would you allow this to happen? But, like what Dylan was just explaining, how it began and how it spread so fast, like we shouldn't blame God for suffering. We should blame sin for suffering, sin for evil. We should blame
1: ourselves. Blame like,
0: ourselves, yeah. We are sinners by nature, and mm-hmm.
1: it was Adam and Eve having their uh, their, the freedom in the garden to to obey or disobey, and they chose disobedience. And mm-hmm. from that, that point on, like you can go to Romans 7, and you see that struggle of for uh, someone who is a believer, like to obey or to not obey, uh, even as a believer. And so you have this problem, and it's not God's fault. God created everything good, and he gave man the responsibility as his representative on earth to, to to, hold to have dominion over everything. And we failed Mm -hmm. (laughs) massively. Yeah. Right. So I think it's a good thing though, to, to look at at first to kind of see God, uh, like how, like God is good. And it's really, because a lot of times, like you said, we think like God's evil or not we, but Culture would say God, God God's evil. Same, God allows, uh, God allows, uh, God allowed my mom to die of cancer. God allowed mm-hmm. um, George Floyd to die from the knee of a police officer. Uh allowed thousands of people to die from a virus. Like, mm-hmm. and God's so evil. Uh, but God is good, and that's evident from Genesis one that mm-hmm. He created everything good. There was nothing evil. There was nothing wrong. There was perfect.
0: In yeah. Genesis
1: one, Genesis two, Genesis three is where man is really given. You see the scope of man um, and what what happens when he's in control. Mm-hmm. I think
0: another interesting point to take away is there's actually a difference between evils. There's two categories: there's moral evil and there's natural evil. And so moral evil, what we we're just talking about, how it's our fault that we're the ones sinning. And that's causing all this evil and suffering in the world. That is moral evil. That's when people are committing sinful acts. But then there's these other things that we see, like cancer, like the coronavirus, like all these natural disasters that are happening. Which, like, I mean, we can't. It's hard to trace that back to like our sin. Like, how does how does like uh, murdering and stealing and all these things? that can't be traced back to like a hurricane wiping out the East coast. And so we have to realize that um, the natural evil that comes in the world is not like just on God. Like that's, it's easy for us to pin natural evil, just on God. But like, Dylan, can you explain like, where does this natural evil come from? Can we blame God for this, these natural evils that occur?
1: No, I think you were kind of running down that path with, um, you see moral evil and you see moral evil is essentially what starts sin and evil and, mm-hmm. and stuff in the world. Uh, and you get there, you get um, Adam and Eve falling sin. And in that you see in the curse, like I'll read right now with the curse in uh, the, the natural evil comes out of, I think this curse on Adam. And he says, in Genesis 317 says, and to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree, of which I commanded you you shall, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plant of the field. By your sweat of your face you shall eat bread. To the ground you return, or until you return to the ground. For out of it out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and the dust that you shall return. And that kind of doesn't talk about like it's not like oh and now because you sin there's hurricanes and there's cancer and stuff. But the ground the. The thing that Adam was given to have authority over is now going to be painful. It's going to mm-hmm. give be toil. It's going to be struggle uh, to for him to do that, and that's a curse on the on the entirety of creation. Because then you get to Romans eight, and Paul says that the whole creation is groaning yeah. for redemption, groaning for Christ to come back because it's experiencing the the um, the pains of sin. Mm-hmm. And the pains of evil, because and that's why in Revelation 21 we get there's a new heavens and a new earth, because the earth has had um, evil. It's had it's had the suffering. It's groaning for redemption, just like we get a new body or a new creation because we have experienced this evil, this suffering.
0: Yeah. So when we see the the natural evils, we should think at least these two things. We should say hey, sin is so awful that this is what all this stuff is from sin. Like sin caused this world to crumble and to be cursed. And also we should think, man, there's going to be a time coming when there is going to be no hurricanes or cancer or earthquakes or volcanoes or coronaviruses, Um, and that day is coming. And, yeah, we just got to wait for it, wait for it with patience, wait for it with hope. Um, So let me ask you this, though um does god allow evil like that's the
1: question we're answering mm-hmm. and and so does is god allowing evil like how does he allow evil does he even allow evil
0: yeah yeah so he does allow evil um yeah he 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 does it in a way that he's not the author of evil we cannot blame god for evil but he still allows evil because god is sovereign over the entire universe nothing can happen without his permission nothing um, can happen that is not according to his plan so of course he knew all the evil that was gonna come about before the creation of the world and he allowed all this evil to come about and so when we say that next comes the question well since he allowed all this evil how can he still be good and so um, John Piper in his article and this article,
1: by the way, uh, is one of the articles that we have, maybe both of them, uh, that we're, we we kind of looked at. We uh, probably we'll post them onto our, our mm-hmm. Facebook page, and uh, so you can use that as a resource.
0: Yeah, he gives yeah he gives two like really cool um, purposes for why God allows evil to um, happen, evil and suffering. Um, and so the first purpose is that He would be glorified through suffering and through evil um and that's kind of like how like that doesn't obviously make sense right away like how would god be glorified you think he'd be more glorified if there if the world was perfect and no one suffered or no one got sick or no one died um but through sin and through suffering we get to see more clearly who god is we get to see um his holiness we get to see his righteousness we get to see his love and mercy more that evil occurred than if it didn't, because if sin never entered the world, we would have never had or needed the cross to happen. We would have never needed Christ to come down and die for our sins. And at the cross, we see like the most perfect display of who God is, because we get to see how much he hates sin. We get to see his holiness. We get to see that he couldn't just pass sin by or just forgive it um, for no reason which is actually a good thing. We'll probably talk about that on a later episode of why he can't just forgive all sin. Because like, if we think about it, like the streets are running with people crying out for justice. Justice is a good thing. We want the cops who murdered Breonna Taylor to be held accountable for their actions. Like justice is a good thing. Um, And so we get to see the justice of God at the cross. We also get to see the love of God at the cross that we would have never experienced beforehand. Um, yeah, 1 Peter one twelve talks about angels longing to look onto the grace that we have received. Like the angels have never experienced grace like we have. They don't get to experience being wretched sinners that have had all of their sin forgiven um, and get to experience that joy. Because um, I know, Dylan, you've you're probably like before you were a Christian, you've probably dabbled into a lot of like the world's. Um, The world's promises for happiness the world's activities like um all these things from partying from being in relationships for um self-indulging on video games and like the world promises to that those would yeah bring us happiness but and i've yeah we've both um dabbled in those things and um yeah tried out those things and i i think we can both yeah say today that the most The purest joy we've ever experienced is when we're sitting alone or sitting in a congregation, thinking about the awesome news that Christ died for our sins. Like that is the purest joy I've ever had was seeing how sinful I am and like hearing Christ say to me, "I died for that." This is the the most amazing feeling, the amazing um, emotion, the amazing um gift that we could ever experience and we wouldn't have experienced that without the cross without sin first entering into the world and so that's why he's more glorified through um sin and through than if sin didn't enter into the world in the first place
1: yeah and i think there's a really that's a really powerful point is to to really think and dwell on um like the evil that we that we faced um i i remember looking in the last couple of days at a spurgeon quote it was either spurgeon or john calvin uh, i forget which one it was um and he was it pretty much just said like if you could go back and to meet yourself before before you became before you became a christian you would want to get out of that person's presence as fast as possible right? <laughs> and like i was thinking back to like myself and like I would not want to be in the company of my like my my company two months before I was a Christian a month mm-hmm. before I was a Christian. like I wouldn't want to be in my company because I know what I was thinking, what I was doing, and what was going on in my life. and so God uh, so to to pull this all back together, like God is like we don't we would we get to experience the grace like Joey said that like otherwise we would not be able to experience uh, because God has, has ordained, um, has ordained evil in the sense of he's not advocating sin, he's not tempting us, he's mm-hmm. not um, bringing it, he's not the author of sin, but he's he's not he's uh, ordaining it to happen so that his good purposes Romans eight twenty eight yeah. like it's all working out for good and it's easy to kind of see that and be like oh that's a cop out like yeah. oh yeah he's God's working everything out for his good like you can easily just throw that out there but he really is um, and. Romans 9, I think, really answers the question of um, God's justice and God's sovereignty over everything. Because you see that Romans 9, 14, Paul says that God's not unjust. And then the next three or four verses, you see Paul's using the example of Pharaoh in Exodus, who God says, like, in one breath, like, tell my people let or tell my, let my people go. And, but at the same time in the text, it's saying that God's hardening his heart. Mm. So it's like, what's happened? Like, how does that even happen? But it's Paul is saying like, there's a great and glorious purpose in this, in that God says in Exodus that I'm doing this. So my power is known among the Egyptians. Like that mm-hmm. is why I'm doing this. Uh, and then you continue in nine through 20 or 19 through 24 um, it says that pretty much that God's ways are not our ways, His thoughts are not our thoughts. His purpose of salvation is through Christ, whom He sent, and it's to, it's it's for a purpose that we would have never thought. Like He He gives mercy on whom He gives mercy. The Potter He is the Potter, and therefore He has right over the clay to make one vessel for honorable use and one for dishonorable. Mm-hmm. And we have no right to mm-hmm. to say like. God, why do you do this? Like that's what he says to, he's Job. Pretty much says like, in the whole thing of Job, you get this whole like, well, God, why are you doing this? And God pretty much just says like, Who are you? Like, it's <laughs> pretty humble. And I, we're, we'll kind of get. I I kind of alluded to that, and we'll get into that in the next episode a little bit more, um, and into Job and to to different things. At least on my end, but God isn't preventing. He's not prevent. He's the reason that evil exists and that suffering exists is so God is glorified in it, and that we can really truly experience grace and mercy and love, um, like we would never have ever been able to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if you have anything to add.
0: Yeah, yeah, that kind of just sums it up. Why he he allows it is he allows it for his good purposes, and those good purposes are for his glory and for the good of his people. Um, but just one quick note. Um, to add is when we hear that God uses suffering and uses evil and uses sin for good purposes for our good purposes too it's 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 tempting to try to explain people's suffering in a way that kind of diminishes their suffering so like when someone's going like when someone's mom dies or when someone experiences loss it's easy to say oh don't worry God's using that for good purposes like He's gonna share the gospel at their funeral, or he's gonna, um, he just brought them home to heaven, or he he's gonna comfort you in this time. Um, so it's gonna be all good. Um, but really, we don't know exactly what the purposes are behind everything that happens in the world. We don't know the good purposes for each specific act of suffering or act of evil that occurs. Um, and this just takes us to Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of the law. And so, the the reasons behind suffering and evil often fall behind um, the secret thing that secret things that belong to the Lord. Um, and so, when those things happen, it's not our job to try to explain why is God doing this. Often, it's it's um, our job is to. Um, comfort those who are mourning and have faith in those situations that God is using those um, things for his good purposes whether we know exactly how that works or not.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's really good and I kind of want to close out I almost forgot to use this analogy. I think it is a great analogy by Jonathan Edwards um, talking about this. Uh, it's in the article that we we'll, we'll post. Uh, but the but it's an article by John Piper on Jonathan Edwards, uh, and it says that um, Jonathan Edwards using the analogy of the sun brings about light and warmth by its essential nature. So the sun brings light and warmth by just being the sun. That's what mm-hmm. that's what it does. Uh, but brings about dark and cold by dropping below the horizon by going away. So if the sun were the proper cause of cold and darkness, he says, it would be the fountain of these things, as it is the fountain of light and heat. And then something might be argued from the nature of cold and darkness to a likeness of of nature in the sun. So in other words, uh, sin is not the fruit of any positive agency or influence of the Most High, but on the contrary arises from the withholding of his action and his energy and under certain circumstances necessarily follows of the want of his influence. So pretty much... The sun is light and heat. When it goes away, it's cold and dark because Mm -hmm. of the withholding of that light and heat from the sun. Not because cold and heat or cold and darkness come from the sun, but it's because the sun is not there. And the same way that that sin is there because God is withholding his 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 action and his goodness.
0: And you want to talk about crazy things like that's it right there. God is not like doing these acts of evil, but he's so wise and so smart and knows everything that he can allow us to do it and still somehow orchestrate all those things into his good purposes. Yeah. Which is insane. Mm -hmm.
1: But uh, that'll wrap it up for, for this first episode. Uh, We hope that it was helpful, beneficial. And like we said in the first episode, like spur you on to think about this thing, this topic, this question more, because It's going to be a question if you're a Christian who is even somewhat active in evangelism and in the secular workforce, you're going to get a question Even for
0: yourself, too. Like, you're going to experience your own suffering and your own evil. And so the devil is going to be tempting you, too, that God is not good. He tempted Eve, who had everything, and said, did God really say that? Mm -hmm. And look where we are now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So with that, we will conclude, and we will talk to you guys soon.